Welcome to Do It For The Process, a podcast for artists, creatives, and those who are creatively curious. This podcast explores the intersection between art and business, and we may just discover that they're not actually that different. I'm your host, Emily Jeffords. I'm an artist, mother, educator, and founder of the hashtag Do It For The Process. I know firsthand the joys and the struggles that come from being a working creative, and I'm here to shed some light and hope on your path. You are not alone in this. Hello, hello. It is so good to be back with you today. Since we last talked, I went to Europe, as you know, which was beautiful and life-changing in many ways. I got sick which you don't know because I kept it off the internet like a champ, if I do say so myself. Very proud of that. We were sick for, I don't know, maybe three weeks. And it was it was so annoying. Um, sickness is always annoying, but I feel like when it just lingers and lingers, it just becomes your new normal. And that's not my new normal. Thank you very much. We're better now. All was well. Now we're in the holiday season, which means that half of my brain is constantly buzzing with beautiful to-do list items that bring me a lot of joy, but they also take up a lot of energy and a lot of time. In addition to travel and sickness and all the holiday orders and holiday craziness, which is already beginning, the collective has also been rolling on and it's been such a life-giving experience to me. Thank you for those of you who are a part of the collective. You bring me so much joy, your community, your friendship, your support of one another, the way that we get to talk about all the nerdy things together. And it's like completely acceptable and knowing things that were strange. It's so beautiful and so much fun. We're entering session four in December and we've talked about all of the things that matter to creative entrepreneurs, small business owners that focus on selling beautiful and thoughtful and meaningful handmade and intentionally made goods, particularly the needs and desires of an artist. Um, and it is, it's just so beautiful. Okay. Today we are going to talk about something that I hope is very timely and very applicable to you and to your business right now. I have to say that I'm painting, um, I'm painting ornaments, which also feels highly appropriate. So I'm going to keep painting and I'm going to start this episode by identifying some sounds for you so that if you hear them, you're not like, what is Emily doing? Why is she in this crazy place? So this is the sound of my paintbrush on glass. When I wash it like that, this is the sound of me wiping off the paintbrush. Now, just to set the stage a little bit for you, since this is a completely non-visual platform, sadly, wouldn't that be nice? Um, they, my ornaments are, they're all standing on spokes as they dry. The spokes are essentially shish kebab sticks that are stuck into styrofoam, very high tech over here, you guys. So if you hear this, this is the sound of ornaments rattling on their shish kebab sticks. <laughs> things I never thought I would say in a podcast. Wow. Um, okay. So this is me getting an ornament. Now, you know, all the sounds we can, we can press on. Okay. Let's talk about how to increase your holiday sales this season, because tis the season to sell things and to just thrive in doing so. Let's dig in. 
Okay, I'm assuming that if you're listening to this episode and if it is appealing to you, that that means that you sell something. You sell a physical good, you sell a variety of things, you sell possibly artwork or handmade items or things that matter a lot to you in some way. And you want to reach both new customers, new collectors, you want to deepen your relationship with your current collectors, You want to have a lot of sales this holiday season, am I right? The holiday season is a beautiful time for artists and creatives and small business owners to really grow their bottom line, to make a lot of sales. Um, A lot of my creative friends make a substantial amount of their income for the year during the four to six weeks that are quantified as the holiday season. And if you fall into that category, you're amongst friends because I'm imagining that a lot of people listening to this are also in the same boat. If you feel like you need to grow your business, that maybe you're not quite ready to have a substantial holiday season um, as far as sales go, and maybe you just want to know what your next step should be. Actually, no matter where you are, you should do this. Go to emilyjeffordslearn.com and look at the artist success path. It's totally free. I've poured a lot of time and knowledge into this rather bite-sized booklet for you. It's not going to take you a long time to read. There's no chapters. There's just a really thoughtful and really handy overview of a creative career. I think it's going to add a lot of insight. Um, the artist success path tells you where you are, what you're struggling with, where you're finding success, where you're growing, and the very, very best part, what your next step should be to go to the next level or stage or whatever you want to call it on the artist success path. It's a really good tool. Go read it and then come back here. If you're already familiar with the artist success path, then just keep in mind that I'm speaking to people that are in the second through fifth stages. So not the hobbyist, not someone that doesn't quite have their business set up yet Um, in that phase and even in stage two really just focus on growing and finding an aesthetic that you like and connecting with your work and creating things that you find to be really beautiful and valuable because when you do that you're going to have the basis for a really thriving business but if you're beyond that phase if you know what you create and you know that you have an audience that's already connecting with it Let's dive into how to make your holiday season just the best yet. As a quick overview, the five tips I'm going to give you today are website, consistency, photography, variety, and ease. And then there's a bonus for you at the end, which we'll get into in a second. All right, website. Think about your website as your storefront. Now, people spend a lot of time making their storefront windows beautiful. They decorate the interiors. They spend a lot of money on you know, displays and structures and all the things that make a store beautiful and charming to walk in, your website is the exact same thing. You should spend time and energy and money and thought on your website because it is literally your digital storefront. People come to your site, they buy things and it should feel luxurious and special and innovative and really lovely. So if you have the mental energy to do this yourself, go for it. And the ability and the creativity, go for it. If you want to outsource this, this is a beautiful thing to outsource because there's someone that does this super well and they're not unapproachable and they want to work with you. And it's a really good thing to outsource. Now, when I think about my website, which by the way, I do, I do my website myself, um, that might not 
be the case next year. We'll have to see how 2020 evolves. But right now I do all of my website myself. I really enjoy it. I don't know that I'm the very best, but I think I'm pretty good. It works pretty well. Like I said, I'm probably going to outsource that in 2020, but I have enjoyed doing it up until now. Things that I think about when I am thinking about, about my website are to make it super clear, so beautiful, so easy to navigate. I want my main focuses, like whatever I'm most excited to sell or to offer right now to be so easy to access right from the homepage, make it so clear, make it super appealing, make it really beautiful. Think about your typography. Think about your images. Think about your, your words, your copy matters so much. It's so much fun. I always want to also think about how many clicks does it take my buyer to come to my site and then to leave having purchased something. I don't want it to be too many clicks. I want it to be, you know, you're at the homepage, you click on a link directly to a section, you click on the actual item you want, you click to add it to cart, you click to the cart and you're done, which sounds like a lot of clicks and it is kind of a lot of clicks, but if that whole process feels like they're discovering something and exploring and finding the right thing for them, they like that process. I've actually noticed that when someone goes to your website, to your homepage, and then finds the thing that they want to find, they feel such ownership over that purchase versus just giving them an actual link right to the listing itself. They, my conversion rates are not quite as good for that. So I actually send people to either, for instance, if you want to check this out yourself, go to Emily Jeffords forward slash palettes with an S and Emily Jeffords forward slash palette with LPS. I forgot the .com. You know what I mean? You know how websites work. Emily Jeffords.com forward slash palettes and palette with the S and with LPS two different websites or web pages, um, both featuring the same product. And I want to know which one you enjoy experiencing more. One of them will take you to a page that lets you experience the palettes. You get to kind of get a close up. You get to feel them. You get to know why they matter to me. The second one brings you right to the listings themselves, just, you know, clean and, and done. I'm curious to see what you think. Let me know. I would actually love to hear what you think, because this is my, my presumption that one is a bit more appealing than the other. But I would love to hear from you whether you agree or not, because that would be really valuable to me. So let me know in my DMs on Instagram. That would be amazing. Okay, so website is tip number one. Keep it clear, keep it beautiful, make it so easy to access, make it so easy to navigate. My other tip with the website is to update it frequently, especially during the holiday season, because you're going to have visitors coming to your site so often, a flood of people all day long, every day. <laughs> Uh, no, really, you will. It's going to be amazing. But they want to see something fresh. Keep them engaged. Keep them excited. The space should feel alive. It should feel active and like you're you're creating new things all the time. My personal goal is to update my website at least once a week during the holiday season. Now, the rest of the year, it's once a month. It's once every two months. During the holiday season, once a week, that makes total sense because I'm launching something new about once a week. So it actually fits really beautifully, but having that level of connectedness to my site and keeping it fresh and engaged, um, it's a really great way to keep everyone on their toes and excited. All right. Tip number two is to be consistent. 
Now, what I mean by that is your marketing during the holiday season has to be so beautiful and so consistently present that you'll see amazing results if you do, and you'll see kind of lackluster results if you back off. Now, I'm a huge proponent of maintaining a positive energy and of taking care of yourself. And you know about sustainability matters a lot to me. So do not get burnt out. Do not begin to hate your job. Do not begin to hate marketing because that doesn't do anybody any good. But when you show up, show up beautifully, show up boldly, show up consistently. Remember that during, during all times of year, not just the holidays, if you say something five times, your audience hears it once. And it it may actually be more like six times your audience hears it once during the holidays. I really think it's more like if you say it 10 times, they hear it once. Now, I don't mean that you have to have 10 Instagram posts about the exact same thing. Do not do that. That's really tacky and people will notice. And that's not what you want to be noticed for, but you can say, let me take the whole palette example. Again, if I were to talk about the palettes one time and think that my entire audience heard me in that one time, I would have terrible results. However, if I say it twice on Instagram within a week, five times on my Instagram stories, once in an email, that's a substantial call to action. I forgot Pinterest. I forgot Facebook, add those in there too. That's enough of a market saturation that I'm going to get a great response. And guess what? I do because I talk about my things happily and excitedly and really consistently. So talk about your launches and your products at least seven times across different platforms on on different days, you don't have to do it all in one day, but talk about your work consistently and let your audience have the chance to fall in love with it. Because if they don't get to see it, they don't get to love it. And I know that they want to love it. So give them that chance. Tip number three is photography, photography, photography. Now, again, this matters all year round, not just for Christmas, but I feel like the holidays are an especially uh, intense time for everything to matter a lot. So of course your photography also matters a lot. Product images, lifestyle shots, things that just show the vibe of what you do and why you do it. Um, Behind the scenes shots, all of your photography needs to be so beautiful, especially your product photography, because if you want someone to buy something, they have to really connect with it and they have to know why they connect with it. So make sure that your product photography in, in particular is so beautiful and so clear and so, um, romantic, but not in like a, a wedding way, like in a, in a way that makes them imagine and makes them envision and makes them kind of desire whatever you're offering. For product photography specifically, I'll just give you a couple tips. You want to include at least three photos in each listing. I recommend a straight on honest shot of whatever you're selling, whether it's a hat or a painting or a mug or whatever it might be a nice, clear shot of what the item is. And then you can have a detail shot showing some texture or some form or you know, some beautiful, luxurious detail. And then you can have a lifestyle shot showing it in a space or on a wall or in someone's hands or whatever it might be. So those three shots are really, really great. A great way to show the vibe and the form and the, the way that it will feel in their life, um, quickly and at a glance, you can of course add more shots. You don't need just three, but at least those three are really important to include. Okay. Tip number four is to offer a variety of price points. Now, this is such a great way to encourage your current customers, 
your current collectors to come back for more because maybe they have something that was a bit high end. Maybe they bought a beautiful higher price item from you, but they want to give something to their sister or to their aunt or to their mother or their teacher or whatever it might be. They probably don't want to spend 500 bucks on that thing for their significant friend or, or loved one, but they do want to spend 50 or 30 or a hundred or 20, whatever it might be. So offer a variety of price points. You can do this by offering reproductions or smaller things or quicker made things or mass, not mass produced in a gross way, but you know what I mean? Like a little bit more of a manufactured thing that you don't have to spend your own precious time and, and hold it in your hands and you know, all the things that go into making something beautiful and valuable, something quicker and more, uh, more approachable. I like to offer price points that range from $20 all the way up to 200 for the gift price range. Of course, I have things that are more expensive than that, but in my experience, things that are around those, that price point, that's a really easy gift range. Um, and I find that people really enjoy buying things for, you know, different people in their life in that, in that range. Over 200 is a great price point, but not not for the holidays in my experience people tend to buy higher price artwork or higher price items uh not as gifts but as things that they want for themselves which i resonate with also i do the exact same thing so um listen to your audience do what they need of course but keep that in mind to offer a nice variety of prices okay um along with that the fifth tip is to make gifting easy. Now this does go hand in hand with having a different price point variety, but make gifting easy. And I really want to encourage you to think about the person that doesn't want to spend a long time on your website. Make it so easy to buy a beautiful gift right from your homepage, right from, you know, maybe one click away from your homepage. Um, offer gift bundles, offer gift ideas, say, Hey, are you shopping for, you know, a hostess gift? Are you shopping for a loved one? Are you shopping for your spouse? Give them this, make it so clear and so obvious. This is the perfect gift for this person. The easier you can make it, the more results you will have. That is a year round truth, but especially during the holidays when everything is noisy and everything is busy, make it so simple. Okay. I have a final bonus for you whilst I paint some more ornaments, because guess what? If you're listening to this on Wednesday, the 20th, yes, the 20th, I am launching ornaments on Friday at 2 PM Eastern time watch and see what happens. It's going to be lovely. My fifth or no, hold on. My sixth bonus tip is to keep your joy this holiday season. Now this is for your sanity. This is for your own personal joy. This is for your own personal pleasure, but it's also for your marketing. Now you can totally fake joy. You can totally, you know, write a bunch of happy things and have them ready to roll out when you need it. Maybe you're tired. Maybe you're feeling a bit glum. Maybe you're having an off day. You're a human. You're allowed to do that. It's fine. But the more you can really resonate with the actual joy and the actual excitement of the season and not get overwhelmed and not get stressed and not get frazzled and harried, the more you can show up in a public space as a person who is attractive, who attracts people to her, not repels them, not drains them and doesn't 
wear them out just by letting, you know, letting them be in your presence. Be the kind of person that attracts people that, that really acts as a magnet to people because they want some of your energy and they want some of your joy and your passion. Now you do not have to be an extrovert. You don't have to be a party person. You don't have to be silly or fake. No, people can smell fake a mile away. Don't even start. But if you actually feel thankful and joyful and, and glad to be here and honored to be sending artwork or goods or whatever you offer into the world, you're going to attract more people to you because people are attracted to beautiful things. That's how humans work. So be beautiful, be radiant, be joyful. And the more you are, the better it's going to become, the better, the better results you'll have the more people will be drawn to you and I guarantee good things will come of it. So it's a win-win for everybody involved. All right. Those are five tips plus a bonus for your holiday season. I can't wait to hear how it goes for you. I can't wait to hear how this season evolves for you. I recommend if you want to see how I do all this, follow me on Instagram, Emily underscore Jeffords. I I really love marketing during this time of year. I really love connecting with my audience and sharing the passion and the joy that I find in my work during this time of year. So you can kind of watch how I do it. Um, find the bits that work for you and emulate those in your own marketing in your own way. Of course, don't copy me. That's weird, but you can do your own thing and make your audience so in love with you and so thankful that you're showing up in this way. All right. Happy holidays, everybody. I'll see you next time. Bye.